Now if you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, I'm going to look, uh, look on past Christmas Day a little bit uh, to a, a very uh, special event that took place eight days after the Lord Jesus was born uh, in the temple as he was presented uh, to the Lord there um, by Joseph and Mary. And as we look at this um, passage, I want us to be thinking, you know, we've been spending, we've, we've been um, lighting the Advent candle candles this month um, for the four Sundays before Christmas uh, as a reminder of the anticipation that we have as we look forward to Christmas. But it's important for us to remember that the faithful children of Israel, and I say faithful because most of the children of Israel weren't faithful, but the faithful ones were waiting for the Messiah. And they waited a lot longer than four weeks of lighting of candles. You know, they waited through years and years, decades, centuries, waiting on the, on the Lord to provide the Savior as his word promised. We, we saw a piece of that promise this morning in the, in the scripture that Mark read from Isaiah 42, uh, the promise of how, of how God was also shining a light to the Gentiles as well as to the Israelites. We're going to see, uh, we're gonna see that, that concept mentioned again by, a, by one of God's faithful servants of Israel um, that was waiting when Jesus was born. And so we're going to start the reading from verse 21 this morning. We'll start with 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. This, we'll start with 25 if you can scoot to it. Thank you. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who is righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. All right? You, you, here we see the, the character of the man and, and what he was waiting for. He was waiting for God to bring everything that the word of God had promised to pass and to bring peace to Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So this is a very special man. This is a man who worshiped the Lord, who served the Lord, who was waiting on the promises of the Lord to be fulfilled, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and that was unusual. Remember, it's not unusual for us. All of us who believe receive the Holy Spirit the moment we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, sending the Holy Spirit to live in all of us who believe in him. But before he did that, before he did his work, the Holy Spirit was only on certain people chosen by God to do certain things and special things. And so Simeon was one of those special prophets. And so the Holy Spirit had communicated to him that he was still going to be living when the Messiah came. And so we continue. Moved by the Spirit... He went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Do you understand what he's saying here? I can die now. You promised me 
I was going to get to see the Messiah. I'm holding him in my arms. I can die now. Verse 30 explains it. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, praise God, and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. They had heard this before, remember? Each of them had a visit from an angel. Mary, face to face with Gabriel, Joseph in a dream. They'd heard these things about him. They knew, they knew he was special. They knew he was the son of God. And here Simeon confirms everything that they were told. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So Simeon not only had the, the great announcement that he had now seen what the Lord promised him that he was going to see, the Messiah. But he also was, was very straightforward in, in telling Joseph and Mary, as, as awesome as this is, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Not everybody is going to receive him like I am, speaking for Simeon. Not, not everybody's going to be excited about him. Of course, we find that out later in the story from Matthew, how Herod you know, even though, he, even though he lied to the, you know, to, the, to the Magi when they came and he said, hey, tell me where he's at when you find him so I can go worship him. Of course, he wasn't planning on worshiping him, as we know. So not, and Herod's a great, a great example of how the reception was going to go for Jesus. But the reception that we want to focus on this morning is the reception of Simeon. And the, the, the all-important words, my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. As he looked into the face of this baby, holding him in his arms, he recognized that he was looking at his own salvation. That the things that that child was going to do, it was not going to be an easy life. He announced that to his parents. The things that that child was going to do, the way that child was going to overcome every single temptation, temptation to sin, temptation to, 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 to go off the track, to, to, to not go, go along with the plan, all the temptations we're going to face him that any, that any of us may have faced. He was going to be victorious over all of those temptations. Simeon knew that about him. He was going to live the perfect life because he is the son of God. And as the Messiah, he was going to live that perfect life so that when it came time for him to die, and remember, the only reason he was going to die was because he was going to lay his life down for the sins of the world. And Simeon knew that when he laid his life down, that his, li that his life 
that his blood, that his broken body was going to be sufficient for his own salvation, for Simeon's own salvation. Simeon knew that he was a sinner. Oh, Simeon was a great guy, devout, faithful, righteous, waiting on the, on the Lord's Messiah to come. He was, he was doing all the right things, but in the process of doing all those right things, Simeon was still a sinner. Simeon still had bad thoughts. Simeon still said wrong words. Simeon still treated people, you know, like they shouldn't be treated along the way. We don't know any of his specific sins, but we know that he was a sinner. Simeon is admitting that he's a sinner by saying he's looking at his salvation in the face. He knew he needed salvation. He needed to be forgiven of his sins. And he knew the only way that he was ever going to be forgiven was if the Lord would send that Messiah, and he did. And so when he looked at Jesus, he was looking at salvation because he knew that everything that Jesus was going to do was going to accomplish that for him. He was going to live that perfect life. He was going to go to the cross, as we mentioned, not to die for sins he had committed. But Simeon knew the law of the Lord. He knew that the wages of sin was death. He knew that every person deserved to die and to be separated from God for eternity because of their sins. He knew that was the wages that everybody deserved. But he also knew that when the Messiah came, he was going to take care of that. He was going to do something about that. And so Jesus went to the cross not for sins he had committed because he was sinless, but he went to the cross for our sins. And Simeon knew that when he died, he would die for him. And he also knew that, that this Messiah, as the, Old, as the Old Testament scripture told us, he also knew that this Messiah was going to rise again from the dead. And that being victorious over death himself, he was going to give victory over death to every single person who believed in him by sending the Holy Spirit, God himself. The Holy Spirit, just as much God as the Son, Jesus Christ, is the Son of God and is God. Just as much as the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and he promised to send that Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who directed Simeon to the, the temple that day, who revealed to Simeon that he was going to see the Messiah. That same Holy Spirit was going to save him because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Simeon held the baby, he was holding his own salvation in his arms. He was looking his own salvation in the face. He was looking at the all-sufficient Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it's important for us this morning, as we celebrate his birth, it's important for us to understand what we're celebrating. We are celebrating our salvation. We are celebrating the great means by which God had planned in eternity past, long before any, any person, Adam and Eve and, and, and all the rest of us, had ever been created. He knew that the plan was going to include his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, coming into this world to save all of those sinners. And remember what the word of God says. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We, we recognize that Simeon was admitting his need for a savior by mentioning his, his looking at salvation. All of us are in need of that same savior. And so while we don't have the advantage that Simeon did of having the Holy Spirit tell us, hey, you're going to see the Messiah before you die, and then he did literally see the Messiah and held him in his, in, his, in his arms. We don't have that advantage, but we have the advantage of the word of God. We have the advantage of being able to look into God's word and see these things for ourselves and to recognize, hey, 
we need a Savior too. And even though we can't hold him in our arms and we can't look him face to face as Simeon did, by looking at him and in, in the truth of his word, we can also find ourselves there and realize that through the eyes of Simeon, through the eyes of the apostles, and the apostles' close companions who wrote these words, by the inspiration of God himself, that we also can see our salvation by looking at none other and nothing other than Jesus Christ. Remember, what you're doing this morning, as important, I think, as it is, coming together on the first day of the week. You know, we were going to be here today even if it wasn't Christmas because we come on Sundays. We come on the first day of the week because that's Resurrection Day. But as important as it is to be here, coming to, coming to worship like this does not give us salvation. Some of you here last night uh, for our, our celebration of, of Christmas Eve and in, our, in our, our participation in the Lord's Supper, we took the, we took the bread, the, the picture of the broken body of Jesus, and we ate of it. We took the cup, the symbol of his blood of the new covenant, which he shed for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins. We took that cup. Those of us that did that, we weren't saved. We weren't forgiven because we did that. Or we weren't kept, we weren't kept saved by doing that. That was a reminder to us of who our salvation is, and our salvation is Jesus himself. And so whether, whether you attend church or take communion or do good things, I'm, I'm looking at a, a group of people. I don't know all of you, but those of you that I know, you do good stuff. On a regular basis, you do nice, helpful, kind things. I know you do other things too. I don't usually get to see those. I usually don't get to hear about those, but I know you. You're a human just like I am. We don't, we don't always do the right things. But you're good people on a comparative scale. But you're never going to be good enough to earn your way to God's presence. You're never going to be good enough to deserve God's favor. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to do enough good works to deserve to be forgiven of your sins. God knew that. That's why he put the plan together. That's why Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's why Jesus, the Son, came to do what he did. He didn't do it for fun, although I'm sure Jesus had some fun along the way. He's a, he's a man like we are, tempted in every way, but, but also probably had some, had some fun moments. But he didn't come here for kicks. He didn't come here for fun. He didn't come here for fellowship. He was getting great fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He didn't need the fellowship of, of, of his crew of, of disciples. He didn't need the fellowship of those people that would follow him one week and the next week they'd take off because they, they were tired of what he had to say. He didn't need that. He came to do a job. He came to bring the salvation that Simeon was waiting on. He came to bring the salvation that we needed him to bring. And so this morning, as we celebrate his birth, and we do it with all of our different traditions and, and, and all the different ways that we do it, we are celebrating the salvation of the Lord in the person of that baby 
we are celebrating the salvation of the Lord. Do you remember how in, in both the, the dream and the, the visit of the angel to Mary, do you remember that Joseph and Mary were told exactly what to name the baby? They didn't, they didn't have to get a baby book and, and read up on all the names and the meanings and all those kind of things. They were told specifically what this baby was, was to be named. Jesus. Yeshua. Joshua. Joshua from the Old Testament. One of the pictures in the Old Testament of what Jesus was going to be like and what Jesus was going to do. Do you know what Joshua did? He led the children of Israel into rest. He led the children of Israel into a land filled with milk and honey that they didn't deserve. And he gave it to them as a gift. They didn't earn it. He took them in. Every time they were victorious in battle in that conquest, it was because the Lord did the fighting. The Lord was judging those nations and giving the spoils to his children Israel. Not because they deserved it, but because they were recipients of God's grace. Joshua led the, the children of Israel to rest. Jesus gives us rest. He gives us rest from our striving. He gives us rest from our, our trying to earn our salvation. He gives us rest by giving us forgiveness of our sins. And his name was very important. So, they, so the angel said, name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means the salvation of the Lord. Who is Jesus? He is none other than the personification of salvation itself. And so if we look to anyone or anything else for our salvation, we're looking in the wrong place. Jesus alone is the way and the truth and the life. He alone is the, is the way to the Father. Just Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else added. Not church attendance, not good works, not the giving of money, not the serving uh, in, the, in the hardest places to reach people. None of those things save anybody. All of those things are great things to do. But none of them save us. Only Jesus. And so may Christmas morning this year be a morning that we remember to look at the baby and to realize that in this baby we have salvation. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have the gift of eternal life only through this baby. So this is serious business what we're talking about. We're talking about our eternal lives. And the word of God says, if you want to live forever, believe in that baby. Believe in the salvation of the Lord. Believe in what that baby was about to do over the next 33 years. And what he was going to do on that cross what he was going to do on the third day after he died, that he was going to rise again, what he was going to do after he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He promised to send his Holy Spirit to live in every single person who believes. Our salvation rests in nothing else, no one else, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
Praise God that he sent him as his word said he would and that he came and did the work that he promised to do. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning on this Christmas morning for the patience of men like Simeon and women like Anna, the the prophetess who came next in the passage that we were looking at this morning. We know they were representative of numerous people, not a lot, but numerous people who were waiting on the Messiah. Father, we thank you for giving him that moment. And we thank you for what he did and for what he said. Because it reminds us of how important remembering today is. Remembering your faithfulness to bring your son into this world in this amazing way. And for the recognition of this man of God who encouraged Joseph and Mary in the work that they were going to be doing with him, but also announcing not only to those who were within hearing distance that day, but also through your word, announcing to the whole world that salvation is found in no one else, in no other name but the name of Jesus, the person, the Son of God that you sent to accomplish everything that we couldn't. And so we praise you this morning for your faithfulness to Simeon, for his faithfulness to you, and for the words that you gave him to say that point to Jesus as our only means of forgiveness of sins, as our only means for eternal life. And we praise you for him this morning. And Father, we pray for any who are here with us or online with us today who have been waiting for various reasons to receive Jesus. Father, we pray that that wait would be over today as, as Simeon's wait was over that day. We pray that you would give them the courage and the faith to put their trust in the baby. To say, yes, Father, I believe that this baby is your son, my Savior, the one who died for my sins. I believe that you've forgiven me and given me eternal life through the promises that you've made through him. Give them the courage and faith to say that this morning, Father. And Father, for those of us who have, help us never stop appreciating Jesus for who he is and what he's done and to spend our lives giving him thanks by serving him according to the power of your spirit and the word that you've given us. And we pray it in Jesus' name.